This is Metro Focus with Raphael P. Roman, Jack Ford, and Jenna Flanagan. Metro Focus is made possible by Sue and Edgar Wackenheim III, the Peter G. Peterson and Joan Gansconi Fund, Bernard and Denise Schwartz, Barbara Hope Zuckerberg, the Ambrose Monell Foundation, and by Good evening and welcome to Metro Focus. I'm Jack Ford. Congresswoman Gabby Giffords was once a bright young star in the Democratic Party. That is, of course, until she was shot in the head from close range during an assassination attempt back in 2011. The shooting left her near death and then with significant brain damage and a long road to recovery. But what we learned about her, if you didn't know that before, was that she was indeed a fighter. Through a combination of an excellent team of doctors and therapists, the support from her husband, former astronaut and current United States Senator Mark Kelly, and most important, through her own personal determination, Gabby Giffords has not only been able to exceed expectations for her recovery, but she's also been able to continue to influence public policy through her organization seeking to reduce gun violence called Giffords. A new documentary, out in theaters now, titled Gabby Giffords Won't Back Down, takes viewers inside her recovery process and showcases her inspiring story. Here's a quick preview. All right, ready? I'm running for Congress. There is no turning it around at this point. You've won. Joining us now is Representative Gabrielle Giffords. Gabby was a star. An idea is a good idea. It's a good idea. Your uh, fiance, Mark Kelly, who is who? Um, he's an astronaut. I was the commander of Space Shuttle Endeavor at the time. Gabby knew the risk involved. Turns out she had the risky job. Congresswoman Giffords was the target of the mass shooting. I have just come from the University Medical Center, where our friend Gabby courageously fights to recover. Typically, with an injury to the brain with a gunshot wound, it's less than 10% that they would even survive. She's beginning several months of rehab. Give me two fingers. All right. Give me five. Gabby suffered from aphasia, which is a language impairment. Answer the, uh. <laughs> You are not allowed to, to quit on me. Look at you. <laughs> Good news about Congresswoman Gabby Giffords. She was discharged today from the hospital. She said, the people who elected me need someone who can give them 100%. Gotta step down. Work to do. Work. It's a very unique way of communicating with facial expression, touch, and her love. It's a gift. She laughs at my jokes, even when they're bad. She funny. These funny, funny, funny. This is the model that they built the plate out of. That look about right. <laughs> the words are there in my brain. I just can't get them out. Gabby Giffords making her way back to the Capitol. Too many children are dying. Too many children. We must do something. Nobody could have been more compelling than Gabby was that day.
love to talk. I'm Gabby. And joining us now to discuss this compelling documentary are the two award-winning co-directors of Gabby Gifford's Won't Back Down, Betsy West and Julie Cohen. Welcome to both of you. It's always good to see you. Nice to see you, Jack. So this is, as I mentioned in the introduction, an inspiring, a compelling and powerful story of recovery. Uh, and it teaches us an awful lot of, about not only Gabby Giffords, but that notion of, of digging deep down inside for inspiration. Let me ask you both the same question. Quick answer from each of you, if I could. Uh, because you, you both have done such marvelous work with so many other films in the past, and there's so many subjects out there for you to focus on. What drew you to this story? Betsy, I'll ask you to answer first. Yeah, I mean, this is a comeback story like no other that is, uh, you know, an extraordinary woman, as you said, the worst possible thing happens, shot in the brain, and uh, how she comes back, and then what she does to reinvent her life is just kind of... Uh, inspiring. Some people call it gabifying. I mean, really, when we met Gabby and realized uh, what she had been through and were able to experience her, we couldn't resist to tell the story. Yeah. And, and, Julie, how about you? Yeah, I'm in agreement as usual. Um, what drew us to the Gabby Gifford story was Gabby herself. Mm -hmm. This is just an extraordinary human being spending time with her from the very first Zoom we did together felt like a little spark of, of energy comes it comes and hits you. Like, and we just, we just so felt uh, everything about her story from the challenges to the love story, to the hilarity, to the singing of, of pop, pop songs, which she does uh, so frequently. And it was just like, an, it was like really a special experience for us as, people as well as the filmmakers. And we just wanted our audience to have some of that same feeling. I, I wanna to get to some of those things that you mentioned, the music, her sense of humor throughout the course of this. But let me, let's set up this story. I'm sure most of our viewers are familiar with Gabby Giffords now, but I suspect many of them will not have remembered or maybe didn't even know what an ascendant star she was before this incident in 2011. Betsy, give us a little capsulization of, of who she was and how she had emerged into the political spotlight. Yeah, I think you're right, Jack. Most people first heard in the rest of the country, apart from Arizona, first heard about Gabby with that horrible shooting in 2011. But as uh, former President Obama told us, Gabby was a rising star. Uh, she was someone a just entering her third term in Congress from Arizona and known for being uh, somebody who reached across the aisle. She was just a natural politician. You look at the videos of her from that time, she was somebody who knew how to connect with people, how to, and as she would say, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican idea or a Democrat idea, if it's a good idea, then I'm for it. And that was really what she represented. And I think that, uh, you know, President Obama told us that she had a huge future ahead of her. Lots of people said she would be a senator and many talked about presidential hopes. And, um, you know, so that's who she was and, and what we learned about her. Obviously, um, that ended 
with the event in Tucson in 2011. And, you know, Gabby uh, resigned from Congress uh, a year later. It's interesting because as, as I was watching it, one of my first thoughts were, was, my, couldn't we use somebody, couldn't we use <laughs> Gabby Giffords today yeah. in, in Washington? Uh, Julie, again, so people can understand here, a, a, a quick version, if you will, of this assassination attempt where apparently she, again, um, is there ever a likely assassination target? I don't know, but certainly an unlikely assassination target. What was that all about? Yeah, you know, um, the tragedy is that um, Gabby's strongest quality as a politician was also what prompted this, a desire and a fr frequent ability to go out and meet with her constituents and spend time in public settings. She loved having constituent meetings. She did it all the time. Not even a formal town hall. This was just like a meet and greet in a, in a you know, grocery store parking lot. She called it Congress on your corner and she loved doing them. In fact, she had just been sworn in for her third term and things were, she had a lot going on in life. Things were kind of crazy for her. And her staff was like, why don't you just re relax for, for the next week? And she was like, no, 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 I want to fly back to Tucson. I want to do a Congress on your corner uh, this weekend. So she's in the parking lot with some of her staffers uh, giving a little talk and then taking audience questions. And then people can line up to have a conversation with her and shake her hand. And just like, she was really like wanting to interact um, intellectually and physically with her constituents, um, you know, and unfortunately uh, a young man who was quite mentally ill and had been fixated on on her as the way the way people become fixated on public figures and celebrities comes up out of the blue blue shooting gabby i believe she was the first one shot directly in the head and then just opens fire on a whole crowd uh, six people were killed gabby and 12 others uh injured uh, a number of them like her quite severely just like a random horrible you know needless moment of, of violence you mentioned her style of serving, and one of the, uh, the the quotes I'd seen attributed to her was that the notion of of the term representative was not not a job title; it was a job description. Description for her, yeah. which which really I think captured her. Uh, once again, let let's let's show the differences because some viewers might have seen some video of Gabby Giffords recently receiving Presidential Medal of Freedom, and she spoke at uh, recently she's spoken at a number of events. And I suspect if they didn't follow this, they would have no idea how dire her situation was after this shooting. Betsy, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gabby was in a coma for several days. She was shot directly in the brain and uh, into her language center. And so, uh, you know, this was a very serious injury. Uh, she was you know, comatose for a few days. And four days after the shooting, President Obama came to Tucson to speak. And it was uh, during that time on uh, a visit with some of her congressional colleagues that she opened her eyes for the first time, which was, you know, the beginning of, of her incredible monumental fight back. As you said, she was a fighter, her fight back to to uh, regain both the ability to walk and the ability to talk. Uh, we were so lucky as filmmakers because Gabby's husband, then astronaut Mark Kelly, 
you know, in the midst of this tragedy with his wife, at one point, uh, you know, news people had told him she was dead. <laughs> he had the wherewithal a, a few days later to buy a camera and to set it up in her room as she started to recover. And uh, we we show these tapes and you see the progress and you see how a person can come back from such a serious injury. Gabby has aphasia as a result of this shooting, which is something that you know, many Americans suffer from aphasia from strokes. So it's not dissimilar to what happens uh, to, to, to stroke victims. And relearning language is also a similar process. And you see it slowly, step by step, how she comes back. You know, first she learns it's a big, huge deal when she's able to say, my name is Gabby. That is just an enormous milestone. And then the therapist, I mean, it's the doctors who operated on her, but it's also the amazing speech pathologist who worked with her and used yeah, she, music. She, she's certainly yeah. one of the heroes of this story. Yeah, the, yes, Angie is a- Yeah, Gabby herself is, a, is certainly a protagonist in this story <laughs> and the hero of her own story, but there are a lot of heroes here. There yeah. are the people that you think of, the, the neurosurgeons, the nurses, um, Gabby's husband, but like really in a central heroic role in this story are the speech pathologists who really took someone almost as if, you know, being reborn and um, helping Gabby re-access the, the words that were kind of stuck in her brain at that point because her language center had been so severely damaged. Yeah. And, you know, with Gabby's perseverance, and with like clever techniques and also with a lot of love there are times yeah. when the speech pathologist like just steps back and get you know moves away from the daily like what you know whatever lesson plan she might have and just gives gabby like the biggest I I was I was struck by so many of those moments. You know, sometimes you you can pull out a moment from a story that is so compelling. And I don't want to get in a minute to the notion of music, how they used that and humor, but we're we're talking about the speech speech uh, uh, therapists that work here. And I remember her at one point in time saying, "Gabby, you're not going to I'm not going to let you quit on me." Okay. Right? <laughs> How many times did we hear that saying, Gabby, I'm not going to let you quit on me. And you looked at this woman and you said, you know what? This is not a job. This is not just this woman's job. This is a calling what she does here. Tell me how they wove the notion of music into her recovery. You know, music, it turns out, is not just in your language center. It's all over the brain. So that is one of the key ways that uh, speech pathologists can access your ability to communicate through music. So uh, at the very beginning, a lot of times they were doing exercise singing. You know, they would sing, my name is Gabby. They'd sing happy birthday over and over again. And at the beginning, Gabby wouldn't even be able to speak, uh, you know, even to, to say happy birthday to you. And then slowly she learns these songs. So music becomes very important. And it's interesting, Gabby was a very musical person. As a kid, you know, she was in plays. She sang in Annie. She loves to sing. She's got a really nice voice. And I think it was particularly uh, effective for her and, you know, continues to be part of her therapy. She Today, now that she has regained uh, some of her speech, she, she loves to sing. 
Let me, Julie, go ahead. You want to jump in? Yeah, I was just saying, even in the, in moments that you would think, but would be the darkest moments, like just a few weeks after the shooting and Gabby's head is still shaved from surgery. There she is with her nurse and her speech therapist singing Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun. Like she just, you know, like a lot of us, like music is a very joyful thing. And she was able to connect both to language and to joy and love through song. And she just had such a, uh, notion of self-preservation, I think, that helped her do that. And it's really, it's beautiful. And it's it's just sort of like a warmer experience than you might think of watching someone in a hospital who's going through rehabilitation. It's funny because you mentioned um, her husband, Mark, having this sense that I want to chronicle this journey for her. So literally within days of this assassination attempt where she was near death, there is there's video of this. And it's jarring in the beginning. I, I think, again, if you know Gabby Giffords and you've seen some of the introductory shots and how, how effusive she was and engaging she was, and now you see her in this hospital bed and wired up and, again, just barely, still near, near death. But, but then it, it does take you on, on this journey. And it has all of these elements we've talked about. You mentioned music. Again, one of the moments I love this is she's getting ready to go out for a, a bike ride that she does and it's sort of a recumbent bike. And all of a sudden, bang, we got YouTube <laughs> sort of streaming here. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, that was an amazing moment for Julie and me because we were in the garage as Gabby is getting strapped into her recumbent bike and uh, she uh, does her voice activated music, 80s on 8, you know, the serious music and up comes, still haven't found what I'm looking for. And she bursts into song. The look on her face, and I think you see it in the film, is just so poignant because she is on a journey and she is looking for something. I mean, it's just so meaningful that uh, I, I have to say that you, normally you're kind of, you know, removing yourself when you're filming and you're watching things. That was a moment where I, I was choked up a bit. It was it was so it was so powerful. Yeah, it was such a great moment to in, include here. Uh, Julie, let me ask you about this other element here again. We've set the stage here. The context is this ascendant star who is nearly life nearly snuffed out in this assassination attempt. As you start telling the story with her literally in a hospital bed uh, and and through the course of her discovery, as viewers, we're kind of struggling with her and we're enjoying moments uh, of, of great joy when there's a slight breakthrough here. But I was also struck by her, her sense of humor. <laughs> which, which I suspect if you ask people, somebody's going through something like this, what's the last thing that comes into the picture? Maybe humor? Right. But not um, humor. Yeah, you know, but humor is part of what helps you survive something as, as harsh and tragic as what Gabby um, and her husband uh, had to survive. And, you know, uh, she had related to aphasia, the language impairment that she has struggled with since being shot, there's an interesting piece of that that was a real issue in the early days of Gabby's rehabilitation. It's called perseveration. Yeah. Where I, I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought that up. And you're yep. saying it again and again. Gabby's word, and they couldn't really figure out why, was chicken. 
So no matter what they're trying to get her to say, whatever sentence she's going for, she just like blurt out chicken. Now, most of the time she actually is getting a bit frustrated because she's looking for a word and instead what's coming out is chicken. But there's a moment when they're getting ready for her husband's birthday and they're preparing her to sing. And instead of saying like, happy birthday, dear Mark, she sings like, happy birthday, dear chicken. And, <laughs> you know, although, Although the reason that she went to that word was that she was struggling, I right. think, to come up with a with the proper name, she knew it was funny. Like yeah. there's a you, you saw know, that you saw that glint in her eyes saying, All right, this This used to frustrate you, this used to frustrate me, but I'm gonna throw chicken at you right exactly. now. Exactly. Like, she knew it was yeah. funny to say happy birthday, dear chicken. And her speech yeah. therapist is like, Whoa, like don't say that to him yeah. on his birthday. And yeah. like the fact that the two of them uh, Gabby and a speech pathologist like share this like laugh out loud moment in the middle of like how much hard work they're going through and how painful and frustrating it all is, is really, you know, it's a beautiful thing. It is. It sort of bears the elements of humanity, I think, of, of that that all of them have brought to this this sort of Shakespearean tragedy here. But let's talk about there's there's so many of these great moments in this film. And I just want to say it, it is just a marvelous story about a, a, a fascinating journey that this woman has taken here. And let's move on a little bit more in her journey because there's so much more that people will see in this. But let's talk about what I mentioned in the introduction, which is her getting involved in, in championing this organization. It's now called Giffords that she co-founded. Um, tell me what it is that she is hoping to do with this organization. Betsy? Yeah, I mean, uh, skipping ahead from Gabby's recovery, basically, you know, it was about two years that she is really working hard to regain her speech. In that time, her husband has retired as an astronaut and uh, the two of them are back in, 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 in Tucson and they're, they're working to, to help Gabby regain a semblance of her former life. And in uh, December of 2012, it was the horrible, horrible shooting in at the Sandy Hook School in Newtown, Connecticut. And you can tell from this story how that affected Gabby. She and Mark flew to Connecticut. They visited with the families, as Gabby says, and you know, she's a very emotional, tactile person. It was hugs, hugs, hugs with these grieving, bereft parents. And that was a turning point for Gabby in which she just said, you know, enough is enough. And I think she realized that she was in a unique position as someone who uh, had a political experience, you know, a track record for bipartisanship, an understanding of how the system works and as a symbol of the consequences of gun violence, she could start an organization and that's what they did called Giffords. They initially lobbied very hard for gun legislation, uh, anti-gun violence legislation. In the wake of Newtown, that was a huge disappointment mm -hmm. for Gabby and for President Obama and many others when that didn't pass, you know, in, in the wake of this tragedy of 20 young children being murdered senselessly. But you know, typical of Gabby, she didn't let that slow her down. The organization then took off and they started 
um, you know, in addition to federal lobbying, they do a lot of lobbying in states and they have accomplished a lot state by state in legislatures with red flag laws and, and other things. Gabby travels the country. You know, we Julie can bring you up to date on what they've been doing now because there has been some some recent you know success story for what Giffords has let's, done. Let, let's do that. I got about three minutes left. Yeah, here, but I want to get to some of that. And and you talk about her being the perfect symbol and the one to to hopefully engage in rational conversations. You show in the film she was and is still a gun owner. That's right. And yeah. we even have a scene of of her using guns. So it it's again she has she's one of these people saying trying to say let's find some some reasonable middle grounds here. Yeah, Julie, real quickly, about two minutes or so. Tell me what they've been doing. Yeah, you know, and it's not so rare. A lot of gun owners mm. like Gabby support reasonable restrictions. It's kind of like in the heart of Washington that it becomes difficult. But yeah. the positive update, I don't want to say like the joyful update or the major, you know, the, the, an incremental step has finally happened. And, it, you know, people thought that a bipartisan gun legislation just wasn't possible in Washington. It now it has happened and has been signed into law. A small step, but a really significant step for the first time in close to three decades um, where Congress has made some restrictions. They've universalized background checks for 18 to 21 year olds. Obviously not, not for all people, but like background checks now universal uh, for anyone um, who's uh, uh, up to age 21. So that's not nothing because there are mass shooters in that category. They closed what's called the boyfriend loophole where it used to be that gun regulation, there was a room for, for, for to uh, restrict gun ownership for people convicted of domestic violence, but it only included like legal spouses. Well, that's right. a little nuts when so much, um, so much domestic violence is between domestic partners who happen not to be married. So that loophole has been closed, some incentivization of red flag laws, like some real changes, but like a first step. And I think Giffords is hoping that there's more to come. Well, you know what it, you mentioned in the very beginning, I think Betsy, you said it, talked about this as being a, a comeback story. And, and I think it's fair to describe this as one of the great comeback stories of, of our time in terms of where she was, where she became after the assassination attempt and where she is now. And, and I, I'll leave this with, by telling you that, you know, titles I think are important. And I think this is a great title. Gabby Giffords won't back down. Um, it is just, as I said, it's a marvelous, compelling, provocative, evocative film, not surprising given the work that the two of you have done in the past. So uh, Betsy West and Julie Cohen, thank you. Once again, a reminder, it, it, it's, it'll be in theaters near you, so make sure you check into it. Fabulous work by both of you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always good to talk with you. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. All right, take care now.